All right, the red light is on, so that means we're live. We're live on, what What was that? We got a bell here, Did somebody. <laughs> we're live. Is that the bell starts when we go live? That's that's cool, all right. So, hey, this is Brent Leary, and I affectionately call my uh, LinkedIn live stream the BBC. That would be the Brent Broadcasting Channel, not the other guys, but that's okay. And uh, joining me today, we have this is going to be a, a cool live stream because we're actually uh, discussing something that I, I've really uh, <laughs> been a past year and a half enjoying being a part of, and it's uh, the BizSugar.com uh, community. And as part of the community, as part of BizSugar, and we're going to talk about all this stuff in a second, we are uh, really happy to have this conversation today around releasing the results of the Biz Sugar Small Business Challenge Survey, Challenges Survey. And we're going to talk about this and talk about some of the key findings and talk about maybe some of the things that could help small businesses with the couple of uh, areas that they themselves, as, uh, as part of this survey, as part of 500 and some odd respondents, told us that they are most challenged by when it comes to their business. And maybe we can help not only say what they're challenged by, but maybe talk about some of the things that they could do to help get past some of those challenges. So uh, for the past, for the next 45 minutes to an hour or so, we're gonna dig into a little bit about uh, what Biz Sugar is and what the Biz Sugar community is. Uh, we're gonna talk a little bit about the survey. Uh, we're gonna you know, have a conversation around some of the findings of the survey. And then we're also going to talk about some of the things that maybe you can do to get past some of the challenges that were uh, you know, brought out in the survey. So with me right now, this is cool. I almost feel like, uh, you know, the, we just need another level and then we could do the Brady Bunch thing, you know, where we're all looking up and down. And, uh, uh, but uh, what you're seeing, who you're seeing right now, let me, let me bring up uh, my little share screen here if I can find, there's so many layers here, can't find it all. Okay, here we go. So I want to bring up uh, this view here, and I'm going to kind of uh, invite Anita Campbell, who is the publisher of Small Business Trends and uh, our fearless leader in this Biz Sugar project. And uh, we have a few of the advisory board folks who uh, you probably saw their names listed. Some of the some of them here are, are actually on this screen. But what I'm going to do is leave this screen up. And then I'm going to invite Anita Campbell to come in and just kind of give us a background or to for those who may not know uh, small biz trends. It shouldn't be that many of you out there who don't, but also to talk about biz sugar in the community and even set up our discussion today around uh, the results from our survey. Well, thank you very much, Brent. And I'm delighted to be here with uh, members of our biz sugar advisory board. Uh, and I want to just take a moment, in case I forget later, I just want to take a moment and thank each one of them, as well as all the other uh, board members that we have who could not be with us here for this live session. So they'll be introducing themselves in just a bit. So I won't take up any time with that, but know that I really, really appreciate it. And I also want to give a nod to you, Brent, uh, for being our, the chair of our advisory board. You've done a fabulous job uh, keeping us on track and it's been uh, wonderful. Your advocacy has made a huge difference. Well, I so appreciate it, thank you. 
what is biz sugar so biz sugar is uh, it's a site i bought back in 2009 so we've had it now for 11 years and uh it's a social bookmarking social sharing type of site just for small business people uh for small business content and it's a site that we run along with our flagship site called small business trends so some of you may have heard of Small Business Trends, maybe somewhat fewer um, have heard of BizSugar, but I encourage you to go over to uh, www.bizsugar.com. Uh, this past year or so, we started up a mastermind group. So it's a private mastermind community, and it is something that we have um, uh, using uh, Zoho technologies, we use uh, something called Zoho uh, Connect for that mastermind community. And it's been wonderful to get people involved in a community. So we had the idea as an advisory board to see what are the challenges that small businesses are facing, like Brent said. You know, what are the key things? Now, remember, this is before the, um, the, the recent uh, coronavirus uh, crisis that, that's going on at the moment. Um, but, uh, you know, this is really what are small business people facing each and every day? And so with the help of our board, uh, we have some experts on the board who are really great. Um, even a tailor uh, is just a super marketing mind. And she and Brent, who are also is very involved in, in understanding consumer surveys and, and how to get uh, 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 businesses involved in completing surveys together, they came together and they put a survey out there for our community. So we asked our community, what are these challenges? You're gonna hear about them in a minute. And we did that for a couple of reasons. First of all, we really wanted to know, well, what is it that, that people really want help with? I mean, I'm sure there are a million things we all need help with. I know in my business, there are a lot of things. So uh, it really was a question of, what do you prioritize that you need the most help with? So you're going to hear that in just a minute. And it's very, very interesting. It gets into some great granular detail, which I, I love about this survey. And we also wanted to know, well, what kind of content and what kind of services and support can we provide the community? And so the survey helped inform us as well and give us a direction in our advisory board. So with that, uh, unless you have any particular questions for me, Brent, uh, maybe it's time we dig in with some of the other members. Yeah, this is actually, uh, thanks for setting this up, Anita. And I wanted to bring up the, the the big view here so that we can at least shout out before we start digging in all of the folks on with us right now. And uh, I'm going to start with Monique Johnson, who is part of the advisory board member. And I used to call her the uh, the video live stream queen, but I think she grew past that. But she's a video production expert. And if you think I'm online streaming all, all, the video all the time, I am doing nothing like what she's doing. Uh, so <laughs> that's uh, where Monique fits in. Uh, Rhonda, I almost feel like I have to say, help me, Rhonda. Help, help me, Rhonda, whenever I say your name. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Rhonda, well, now, Rhonda is an automation expert. and, and and 
don't we all need a little automation in our businesses or I should say a lot of automation in our businesses. So Aran is going to help us talk about automation because that's kind of one of the big focus areas that came out of the service. So we're going to be talking about that automation and sales as uh, we go further with this. And uh, Anita already mentioned even a tailor who is, you know, DIY. I like to say Miss DIY. She does it. Yes, that's right. <laughs> and when she's uh, part of the architect of the survey and she's going to help walk us through some of the details in the survey. And also joining us from Zoho because Zoho is really one of the one of our foundational partners for the Biz Sugar community. And a lot of what you, you've seen, if you've been to the community, it's built on Zoho products, on Zoho One. Uh, so we have Taylor Beckman, who is going to join us. He is an evangelist for Zoho. So he's probably going to give us a Sermon on the Mount in a little bit. So we'll, uh, <laughs> just a little joke. <laughs> but Every uh, day we, is Sunday when there I'm on the stream. There it is. So uh, we're going to not only talk about some of the uh, the, the uh, results from the survey, but we also want to talk about some of the possible solutions and how some of the aspects of automation could impact some of the things that you told us that are really a challenge in your business. So with that as a setup, I think we're going to turn it over to even to kind of give us a little bit more detail into what uh, what we found in the survey. Exactly. So um, well, I don't know if we're going to talk about what we found in the survey. What I'd like to share with everyone is exactly how we put the survey together. So as Anita said, we wanted to know what most of the small business challenges were going to be. Uh, so, um, hey, Brent. So my yep. question is, do you want me to share the screen and show them kind of the methodology of like how we put the survey together and where we put the survey together? Or you just want to jump into the results? You show them whatever you want to show. Okay. Well, I'm going to show them, since I am the queen of DIY, I'm going to show you guys how exciting the survey was. I'm going to tell you how we did it and why we did it the way we did it. So here we go. Share screen, application window. Here we go. So I'm taking you behind the curtain into my Zoho One account. And I'm in the Zoho survey app. And what you can see here uh, is you can see up here, it's a small business challenges survey. It's giving me just a basic overview. And then I'm just going to click over here on reports and show you what we actually did is we wanted to know what people's big, biggest challenges were. So I'm just going to give you a sort of background on the survey. We wanted to know what type of business they were in. And very quickly and easily, you can see that everybody was nice, even, sample. And then we wanted to know how many people they had. And this is going to become really important as we talk a little bit more about some of the details. We wanted to know <clears throat> how people dealt with major initiatives in their business. And in this case, uh, surprise, surprise, DIY, we are all a bunch of do-it-yourselfers. And um, and then we're going to jump a little bit more into the survey. But I think I'm just going to let you know that even though the survey seems to go on forever, it really doesn't. 
we asked people what their biggest challenge was. And then based on their biggest challenge, we uh, you only answered a specific question as far as that's concerned. So if your biggest challenge was marketing or sales or customer service, you only got those types of, you only answered those types of questions. So that's a little bit about how we did it. Oh, and the most exciting part uh, that came out of the surveys, if you look at this, we have 584 total responses, and most of those responses came from our Biz Sugar community. So I thought that was really, really exciting. Um, so that's what I wanted to share with you guys. I thought it was not exciting. To mention, not to mention how beautiful, uh, I got to tell you, like putting the survey together was so much easier than I thought. And there were so many more wonderful features in the survey. So you don't have to be a survey expert to be able to ask some really simple questions and to get some really beautiful answers that you can share with your team, just like we did. Very nice. That was that was a great setup there, even. So uh, so that was a great background. <clears throat> so what we thought would maybe we we would dig in on a, a couple of things that kind of stood out to us and then do a little bit of a deeper dive. So I'm going to bring up this other screen here. So one of the questions that we were we were focusing in on is what was the area of biggest need and needed most attention in the business? And what was really nice about this survey is, you know, small businesses, they could be anywhere from, <clears throat> excuse me, a one person shop. And it could be, you know, up to a you know, hundred, couple hundred people. I mean, small businesses can have a very big range and depending on you to find it, you know, that's kind of where your, your focus area is. So, but we were able to kind of look at it in multiple segments and what we found, and I thought this is really interesting. Uh, Everybody said that they needed marketing help. So it doesn't matter if you are a one person shop or you're a couple of hundred people. Marketing was one that everybody agreed on. But what was really fascinating was kind of looking at a, a bit of a divide when it came from to companies with under five employees versus companies with over 100 employees. And what we found is if you're under five employees, five employees are under, you were really focused on saying you, you know, sales is where it's at. And particularly, you can look at it. It's basically about a two, two and a half to one that said sales was where you needed most attention compared to customer service. Totally opposite when you look at companies of over 100 people, it completely flips. So you're not as you're not as pressed, so to speak, with sales, but you are really pressed when it comes to customer service. And let's face it, that probably means, you know, bigger companies, they already have pretty established customer relationships and what they need to focus on or what they really think they need to focus on is how do we maintain those customer relationships? How do we extend uh, the, the, uh, the length of the relationship? How can we get more value, you know, get our customers to maybe spend a little bit more with us on more than one product or service? So the bigger companies focus more on retaining customers. But if you look at those under five, totally flipped. They maybe don't have as many customers as they'd like. And so they're not really that pressed on maintaining. They need to build. They need to bring on more customers. So their focus area is on 
customer sales, customer acquisition. Totally, totally flips if you look at the size of the company. Pretty interesting uh, point we we were able to, to kind of dig into there. Now, keep that in mind. So sales is really important when it comes to really small companies. Now, the next thing we looked at was what happens when you have to do something new in your business? What kind of, you have a new initiative, something that maybe you've never done before, but you know that you have to do it uh, in order for your business to move to the next level. All right, so once again, the size of the company seems to make a pretty significant difference in how they tackle these things. So I, I put a, a big circle around companies where it's just me, which is one person, and two to five employees. So once again, we're still under five employees and under, still looking at that group. Now, if you look, there's, uh, I wanted to kind of just illustrate folks who say, you know, whenever we have a new initiative that's really important that maybe we don't even know, don't have an experience doing, but we know it's important. They tend to do, well, do it themselves, DIY. Three times more likely to say, do it themselves as opposed to try to figure out how to leverage automation to help them do it. So you're a smaller business. That means you're probably spending more time doing things manually. You're spending more effort doing things that you know have to get done, but you're, you're going to have to continually do it over and over and over yourself or with an employee, as opposed to leveraging some kind of automation to help you do it without having to spend that type of time. That's the, five employees to lower. Now look at every other employee group after that, 11 to 50. Now you see it's an even Steven kind of thing. So they're leveraging do it yourself, but they're also leveraging automation at an equal rate. Then you look at 51 to 100, it's the same thing. So it's still, you know, moving in the right direction because when you get to that over 100 employee mark, look, completely flipped again. So the bigger the company, the more employees they have, they're leveraging more automation than not just trying to do it themselves. And when you think about that, bigger companies, uh, more automation, maybe part of the reason that they are getting bigger is because they're leveraging automation and not necessarily doing everything manually. So that's kind of the way that we wanted to set up this conversation to say, it seems like the smaller uh, companies are, are definitely focused on the sales challenge, but they seem to do a little bit more, maybe a lot more do-it-yourself manual work where maybe automation could help. And let's say maybe there's automation that they could apply in sales to help them manage the biggest challenge they, they face. So I'm going to, I'm going to kind of, leave that as the jump off point for the conversation to talk about automation in the context of sales. And so this is where I want to kind of bring into the conversation, or should I say, I need help from Rhonda for this conversation. Help, uh, me, Rhonda. help me, Rhonda. So let, let Rhonda, what, just talk a little bit about, you know, where does automation, where do you think automation should fit generally when it comes to small business, but particularly how can it help from a sales perspective? What are some of the things that they could do, tools, processes that could be automated that could alleviate 
some of the work they're doing and also increase their level of success. Yeah, so one way to identify, first of all, is where you need automation are identifying tasks and things that you're doing constantly over and over in your business that are just like time consuming. They might not be hard. They might seem easy, like sending off an email or touching base with the lead. It's not hard, but it's time consuming and it's something that you're constantly doing. So what I suggest in the sales process, even starting from the lead. So when you're bringing in leads from you know, whatever sources it is, your advertising or your social media or wherever they're coming from, is to put them into an email automation to kind of let them, you can build that know, like, and trust in the email sequence. So just building out, just starting, if you don't have anything, start with like three basic emails. The first one would be the no. So the lead comes in and you have a little more contact with them. Let them get to know you, what you do, what services you offer, that kind of thing in an email. And then your next email that would go out to them would then be to uh, build the, the like. So you want that no like, and trust. So the like could be that maybe you um, share your social media links so they can come over and engage with you and get to know you. And to know you is to love you. I know all of, now all of you is to love all of you. So uh, you want to build that, that like, and then you want to build the trust. So the trust part could be an email that maybe it's a, um, testimonials or success stories and things like that from other customers. So you're building that, that trust in there. And that's your three major ones. You can of course, nurture your, your leads with, you know, more emails in the sequence, but that's, that's just like a jumping off part and would get you started, especially if you're going to DIY it. And it doesn't even, if you don't even like to write or you're like, Oh, I don't even know what to put in an email. Then you could just do, you could shoot a little video. Where, and that's going to build some like, too, because they're getting to know your personality. They see you talking. And, and so that could also uh, come into play, too. And I know Monique is going to speak some on some tips on doing that as well. But I think just getting that process of getting them in, keeping that, that touch. You know, we know you usually have to, to touch a, a, a new customer or client six to seven times. Last I heard um, that before they actually purchase something from you, so that's a good way to get those those touches in there, and and before you actually have like a conversation with them, and and you can be doing things in your business like having those conversations that are your sales calls or your sales conversations instead of sending emails. So that way you're working on your business instead of in your business all the time. I want to ask Taylor to jump in a little bit here and talk about uh, you know what you see what when you're working with small business customers how are they how should they or how would you like for them to be using automation in some of the things that uh, that Rhonda talked about and are you surprised at the that they still aren't using automation to help in this area with sales because it seems like you know folks who are always involved in this, it seems like, oh, this is a no brainer, but maybe it's just, it's more, they don't know, or maybe they just don't feel as comfortable using automation. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say I'm exactly surprised when I was looking at some of the, the surveys. Um, 
one, but one thing I think that go and, and I you know say this coming from a uh, software company that makes a lot of software, a lot of a lot of products, but I think the the thing that I would underscore, and I think I think everyone would agree, is the the importance of of understanding a process before you even go to the software, right? I mean, the software um, is going to be able to to do a, a lot for you, and it's going to be able to speed things up through automation and keep things um, structured and in a really nice way for you. Um, but ultimately the software isn't magic, right? I mean, it still starts with having an idea of, of how does this process actually work? And as you know, being pointed out, like where are the weaknesses in the process? Where are the things that are repetitive, that are time consuming? Um, you know, software doesn't know that like just innately, right? So um, I think that you know, when, when I see customers um, or, or prospective customers or small businesses um, and I see them like very dependent on spreadsheets, for example, um, you know, that that is kind of a, usually a red flag in some ways because you know that, that, a, that a spreadsheet just kind of has some limits to just what it's really going to be able to do. Uh, and it can get very kind of crazy very quickly, um, which is, of course, going to kind of, you know, maybe maybe make the process a bit less clear, a bit more ad hoc. Um, and then it becomes hard to kind of model that. And modeling it, of course, is going to be key to being able to automate it. So um, I think that that's kind of a starting place when we start thinking about automation. I don't know, maybe someone else um, has something they'd like to add to that or disagree with me completely or something. <laughs> No, I, I absolutely agree too. Yeah, you have to know what your process is and um, what you want to automate. How you're going to take those processes that you're manually doing and and going to automate them. So yeah, absolutely, I agree. Hey, one thing I, I like to just chime in: I, a lot of small businesses they kind of run their business on spreadsheets, and which you know totally understandable to a certain extent. But let's I think if we, we could remember that spreadsheets. They're great for dealing with numbers because that's what they're supposed to do, deal with numbers. Not really great at dealing with people and relationships with people. So it's it's probably a good thing to, to get away from trying to do that on a tool that had has no business in doing any kind of relationship management. Uh, so with that, Rhonda actually set Monique up uh, because Monique is a video person and let me talk about where video is starting to fit into, you know, the process, you know, drumming up leads, but also, you know, closing opportunities. So maybe you could just talk a little bit about that. Sure. Um, and yes, Rhonda definitely said something that I strongly believe is one of the most important types of videos that any business can um, create for themselves are testimonials or success stories. I prefer to call them success stories, but um, that allows, there's nothing more powerful than someone else talking about your business versus you talking about your business. So if you're able to, um, you know, collect a bunch of video testimonials, I highly suggest do not make it complicated. Don't use professional equipment. Just use a simple webcam like I'm using here or a smartphone, if you will, and really make it simple. And the thing about automation is that, you know, you want to be able to do something once and have it work for you over and over and over again. That's the whole point of having automation. That's the whole point of having a system. And, you know, there are so many different things that you can do depending on where you are in the funnel, top of funnel, middle funnel, or to close it as Brent stated. To me, in my personal opinion, 
is to use tools like BombBomb or Bonjour, which these are specific video tools that allow you to send personalized messages via email. And what's so great about utilizing something like this, especially from a business, um, small business owner is number one, it instantly um, sets you apart from your competitors because they're not doing it. Number two, tools like those that I just mentioned provides tracking. And to me, there's no point of doing anything when it comes to marketing if you're not able to track it and collect data. So tools like that will allow you to see if people are actually listening, how far along they've listened, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but to me, by having those personalized message where you can send it personally in a LinkedIn message or Facebook Messenger, you know, killing several birds with one stone of putting an email and also other messaging platforms will allow you to close the sale much easier than whether doing cold calling or doing other random acts of marketing that just won't work. And so those are my strongest um, suggestions to those who are watching this. I totally agree with that too. So, and if you think about that, cause I was going to say, I was going to mention that it helps you in tracking to know, like if your emails are working, even if they're written or their video, if they're being open, where you need to tweak, what, what message isn't working, what message is working really well. And so that really helps you to track that. And then too, Monique, I was, um, I was going to say, I have a lot of people who, if they are resistant to automation, their number one complaint or their number one resistance is they don't want to, it to feel automated right. and they want it to feel more personalized and they don't want to be like, they think, Oh, I'm just sending out these automated emails to my, um, to my audience. Well, if you feel that way, video perfect, because yeah. it puts that more personal touch on it and it doesn't feel so static and, and so that's that's a, a really good way to, to like get that real personal feel too and, and not feel like you're automating everything. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And if I could say too, I mean, I, I just, I think that's a really great point. I love the idea of like these personalized videos, um, you know, and I think that also it's not necessarily an all or nothing kind of choice, right? I mean, as, as I think Rhonda's kind of suggesting, right? It's that the, the super tedious kind of, hey, I got the form submission from my website. That doesn't need to be a, you know, a huge production, right? But when then you go to actually introduce yourself, that's where you can reinvest that time into that personalized message potentially. Um, so yeah, I totally think that's a great point. And, you know, and even something like, um, you know, as Rhonda mentioned, like being able to, and also Monique mentioned, being able to like see that someone's opened your email, that you can like track that kind of a thing. That's something that's really helpful. And traditionally, that's really been kind of like something in a mass emailing sort of um, kind of application. Um, but it's increasingly making its way into just like everyday kind of email that you're sending which again, you might not get if you're relying on a spreadsheet and a random email address that you set up. Um, so for example, like we have a product that we just released at Zoho called Biggin. Um, that's a really like simple CRM pipeline driven that keeps you focused on the deals that you're doing. Um, that really just has the kind of information you need to, to track the customer relationships and to close and stuff. But you can integrate your email, which is super simple. It's like a couple clicks. And then any email you send from there, you'll be able to see whether or not that email was opened. And you'll actually be able to see in real time, like once someone opens it, you'll get a signal that will come in, a little notification. So you can even keep like super 
um, kind of up to date, like what's going on as you're moving through the sales process, if that's something you, you need. So, um, so yeah. Yeah. And then improving your sales process. So if you know, if you, okay, my emails are being open, but no one's taking any action, then maybe you need to work on the copy. If it's written copy, maybe try video instead, or, you know, that, that gives you an idea or no one's opening your emails, then maybe you need to work on your subject lines a little bit. So just let you know where in the process are they getting stuck. So I know where to look instead of just saying, okay, I'm just not making sales, whatever I'm doing, it's not working. But if you can't track it, then you don't know which part of whatever you're doing is not working and which part might actually be working. Yeah. If I can jump in here, one of the things that a lot of small business owners, um, come to me with, and they're so frustrated about this. And, and I think this speaks to that very large DIY number. They struggle with sales because they are the ones doing the selling. They're that subject matter expert. They're the ones who are out there doing the sale. And it's really difficult to scale and grow if you can't repeat yourself. Like you can't clone yourself. That's really hard. And they really struggle finding um salespeople, they invest in salespeople, they invest in training, and, and then it kind of doesn't go anywhere because it's just really hard work to multiply yourself. Well, one of the really great things about automation and everything that Monique and Taylor and Rhonda have talked about is that you now have the ability to multiply yourself, to find a process that works, and automate that process. And now you're maintaining the quality of the sale. And if you're in a business such as financial services or legal or something where it's really, really important to get that message right, automation can handle that for you. All right. Uh, I'm gonna call on Anita. She's been way too quiet. <laughs> Anita, you, I mean, you have, built what you have with small biz trends and you haven't had a lot of employees. Uh, so what role has automation played in what you've been able to do and, and accomplish with small biz trends? Well, it's been absolutely essential and um, you know, it's really helped us. I, I feel like punch a bit above our weight because we've had automation. So one of the things, for example, um, we create a lot of content. And there are a lot of um, content creation spreadsheets out there. I mean, you can find all kinds of them to, 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 to use. But, uh, you know, spreadsheets, as, as various people here have mentioned, are you know, very, very limiting. They're, they're hard to use. They're hard to, you know, really um, keep track of things. Uh, they, they, they just get very unwieldy. So one of the things we did is we... Uh, used actually a Zoho a product called Zoho Creator, which if you don't know what that is, it is a wonderful tool. It is what's called a low code tool. Uh, one of these things where you don't have to be a developer, but you can create your own custom application for your business. And, and so it's just been invaluable to us because we've built our entire assignment process around uh, this application that we call SAM, uh, Superior Author Manager, SAM. And we use SAM every day and we track everything. And we even track our budget, like, you know, what it's costing us when we assign out content to freelance writers, for example, so that we can stay on top of our budget because we were always getting beyond our budget as well. Uh, we 
you know, we would track our budget in our accounting program, but we didn't know until the end of the month how much we were actually assigning out and spending. And now we can literally track in real time, okay, you know, not only this is what we've spent, but this is what we're actually assigning and what it's costing us. I would estimate that that application has probably saved us one full-time equivalent headcount when you consider everything that it has been able to do for us. So, you know, was there a little bit of a time investment involved? Yes, we had to invest time to learn it. And not only, originally I did it, I did it on the weekends. I mean, I literally built this application on the weekends. Uh, and then gradually other people got involved in the organization and they learned to use it. And now I don't really develop with it at all. Uh, I just see the reports that come from it and it's wonderful. They really are amazing. So to get back to you know, the point, I, I think it's a very valuable thing that you can do with, um, you know, with automation. And you know, the way to look at it is this, you know, does it let you go after opportunities? Does it let you do things? Does it free you up to do these higher value add things like Rhonda was talking about earlier so that you're not working in your business all the time and you have the time, you know, the mind share, the time that you can put into thinking about opportunities and so on. So don't just think about, you know, can I automate marketing, but think about a lot of those back office things that take up so much time. And, you know, they, they really eat up tons and tons of time. I mean, you can, you can spend your entire week on back office things if you're trying to do them manually. Hopefully that answers your question, Brent. Oh, I think so. No, that was great. I was, I was thinking the exact same thing. Automation for that helps you with sales doesn't automatically mean it's all about sales it's about freeing up your time to focus on building relationships and, and a lot of the stuff that uh, is you know you're constantly kind of in the weeds with it doesn't have anything to do with sales but it just takes you away from from that aspect of your business so maybe that's part of the challenge can i chime in here for a second brent no <laughs> based on what um Ivana and anita said um i know and i believe it was in the survey results so correct me if i'm wrong but i know as a small business owner um we're very much also attached to our cash flow and as Rhonda um, will say being the do-it-yourself you're always trying to figure out what can you kind of piece together throw together to make it work a lot of times having a the freemium model etc cetera, etc cetera. but another thing i want to bring to uh, people's attentions who are uh, small business owners and especially when it comes to back office and and even just sales and automation or marketing is that you want to really consider contributing or having a budget towards paying for some of these tools like a Zoho where, um, you know, it's, it's, you're better off versus if it's something that you're throwing together, a lot of times you might not even know how to figure out yourself, let alone what is the, the missing or what is the piece within whatever sequence you have together that's not working. And I know this is something, especially when you're just getting started as a small business owner, a lot of times it's like, I can't afford that. Or there's a constant, 
a conversation going on in our heads about should I put money towards it? And I think, um, in my strongest opinion, and I'm also even guilty of this, you know, uh, initially as like an amateur business owner, a lot of times we just try to see what can we kind of just throw together. But then it comes to a point where you have to come to that realization or that conversation to say, okay, I really need to step this up. There's a lot of things that are falling through the cracks. So it, it, I am better off investing in something which the ROI will increase because it's all working for me if that makes sense. Yeah, I totally agree. I used to say, if you're if you're like a little startup and you don't have a lot of money, I don't care if you have to eat oodles and noodles for a couple of months. <laughs> like It's worth it if you want this thing to take off. And, um, and because you got to have that automation in place. You've got to, you've got to have that stuff working for you or you're not going to have time to go out there and do the higher level stuff. Mm -hmm. It's going to start making you money. But yeah, I absolutely agree with that. It's, it's, it's worth the investment. Mm -hmm. I'm going to ask a question of Ivana. And it's because of this article here that I know you worked on with uh, Sean. What's it going to take for, uh, for, for these businesses to stop diluting themselves? You, you, <laughs> you, you said they're diluting themselves. You need to explain yourself here. I know that everyone is going to jump on me, but you know, when we looked at the data and Anita knows this because she and I look at data all the time together. And actually um, one of the things that she and like, she and I like to do when we look at data is you look at what the answer is and say, does this surprise me? Right. And, you know, let's look at the high number and see if we get surprised. Let's look at the low number, see if we get surprised there. And then like, what is the relationship with what, with this? Well, that's exactly what we did here. You know, uh, small business owners are struggling with sales and marketing. Tell me something none of us don't know. I mean, it's like everyone says sales and marketing. Like, so. But then what really was interesting is this whole conversation that you guys have been talking about, which is this back office function. So that, And then there was another question on there that said, I want to work on my business and not in my business. Well, now I'm going to make a confession. And then I'm going to say that I've done this too. And then I know that when I say this, you're going to say you've done it too. And that is... Sales and marketing is a problem and a challenge because you don't have time to do it. We've just talked about all of that. So what do you do? You delude yourself by spending time on these processes that you're comfortable with, sitting in the exactly. spreadsheets, invoicing, fixing your website, and cobbling together tools like what Monique was talking about. And you are spending time in these manual activities that are actually sucking up all your time. So you don't have time to work on your business and you don't have, and then you never really, really put that process together, that sales and marketing process. that's going to keep your pipeline full. You know, that's uncomfortable. It's difficult. Not going to lie. And I have run away from it. I mean, honestly, Anita, I mean, you guys talk to small business owners all the time. This was a dirty little secret. Yeah. And psychologically, I, I would also say there's something about that psychologically that, um, you know, when you're under, when you feel anxiety ridden, when you are worried and so on, you can get comfort by doing mindless little repetitive things. And so what do you do if you're, 
you know, if you're worried about sales and so on, you get like this sense of comfort just by like, okay, I'll just like do this mindless little accounting thing here. And I'll, you know, well, I'll be I think I'll tag. Done, but you know, what you really need to be spending your time on is sales because that's, what's really going to get rid of your anxiety. Exactly. Exactly. And I will even say this. Um, I used to be deathly afraid of sales, but if you're in a business to be in business, every person is a salesman or you're in marketing, no matter what, no matter what level you are in an organization, especially if it's your own personal business, you have to sell. And to kind of flip the script here, it's like, if people don't know who you are or that your product or your service doesn't exist, then you're not going to make any money. You're not going to generate revenue. Like that's is it's it's as simple as that sounds. People don't really think about that. So if you're busy, as even as saying, you know, or uh, Anita was saying, you know, doing a, a accounting thing um, and procrastinating on this sales or whatnot, well, outsource it maybe, or use tools like video so you don't have to be physically or have to talk on that per, you know, to that person. But there's automation involved, but they still get to see you, and you still get to have your message come across. But you know, if you're not on top of people's minds, especially when it comes to a specific problem, and you know you can provide that solution, then you'll be out of business. I mean, I know Anita, you can chime in here, like the statistics, especially in the United States for starting a business, like people go out of business within what, two, three years or even sooner than that. And it's like, yeah, a lot of times it's because they're not selling or they're not putting on the sales or marketing um, cap, thinking cap on. Yeah. Sales are so essential. And, um, you know, it's, it's tough though, uh, because, you know, it's, it's hard to sell, especially if you're introverted, like I'm, I'm an introverted person. It's very hard for me to sell. And then the smaller your business, the more closely identified your business is with you personally. So it's like when I was in the corporate world, it was like, okay, we would hear about customer service problems and it was all very distant, you know, okay, we'll handle that. You know, you could, deal with it calmly, whatever. I mean, if you have a customer service problem in your business, you have five clients and, and you're, you know, you're only got, you only have three people in your business. That's very personal. It's like you personally, you know, drop the ball on something. You personally did something wrong. It's like, oh, you told me I'm terrible, you know, <laughs> and it's really hard. All I saw were a bunch of heads just nodding along the whole time you were talking. I, I'm guessing that means that we all can empathize with every word that you just said. <laughs> that's that's great. So, and we don't want people to be delusional, do we even? I mean, you know, it's, yeah. No, it's not about being delusional. In fact, it's just the opposite. It, it's kind of, um, what do people say? Getting right with yourself and just seeing what's so. And it's okay, you know, when I recognized what I was doing. I mean, it, it, it and, and it happens daily, daily. I catch myself. It's a game. And I catch myself like, is this activity really going to take you forward towards your goal? Probably not. But if you want to spend time, spend time doing the things that Monique and Rhonda were talking about, and that Taylor was talking about the best time if you, the, uh, you don't want to know the DIY secret. This is the DIY secret people. This is how you spend less money on marketing. And well, hold on a second. I need to give you the full screen for this because we need to okay. see. Well, here's the secret. Here it it's, it's investing 
80% of your time in thinking things through. Just like what Taylor was saying, investing 80% of your time in mapping out that process. And that means sitting down and thinking, hmm, who's my ideal customer? When are they going to see me? And when they see me, are they going to see me on a billboard? Are they going to see me online? Are they going to, how are they going to call me? You know, it's all of these little things. And if they call, what do I say? And if, you know, and if I send an email, what is that going to say? And if they do this, what am I going to do? Thinking those details through, that's the hard part. Taylor, was that you that said, no tool, tool is not magic. You know what you do when you buy a tool? When you invest in a tool without thinking things through, it's like uh, watching an exercise show while you're sitting on the couch eating bonbons. Like it doesn't do what it's supposed to do. I'm trying to figure out what's wrong with that. But yeah, yeah, so but investing that thinking time, that's working on your business. And it's not easy, it's hard, it's frustrating. Sales experts struggle, marketing experts struggle. If you ain't struggling, you ain't doing it right. Nice. Nice. I would add too that I I think that also in just looking at the survey at, at how, you know, there's obviously different uh, areas of the business that was that was looked at. It's it's also trying to figure out like okay how how in solving one problem do I actually end up being able to solve two or three or four more right? So one thing that I uh, see and I think it's a co- a common thing and it, it happens in my role too, which is very cross functional and kind of loosely defined at times. Is when we think even about like okay like like what Ivana is saying is like okay you need to we need to think about things so that's like a very um, abstract idea of like how are we going to do this right so one kind of concrete way that we might be able to start doing that is to write down like what we're doing during the day right just for ourselves to think through what are we spending all of our time on. And by just putting that down, it, if all of a sudden it's like, okay, invoicing is like the thing that apparently I do all day long, all the time, because it's the only thing I'm ever writing about, right? Well, then that becomes that next step now of, okay, well, now let's document what is that invoicing process as it is? How would we like it to be, you know, getting the proper invoicing solution set up? And you can see now this is all feeding into itself, thinking to documenting a process, to then finding the solution to that process. And then also having the complete story of that, that of course makes it easier to train the next person on when they need to you know, start taking on something that you were doing so you can spend more time selling. So um, you know, it, it, it's we don't necessarily think about how those three pieces of something like that can be um, so integral to addressing a problem, thinking through the problem, finding a solution, and then also being able to train people. While at the same time, if we are a small business and there's really only a few of us working on a problem or on the business, you know, that's also then a way of, um, in a kind of abstract way, you know, uh, diverting resources to marketing now, right? You're actually creating a marketing budget if you're able to divert some of your time now to that. So you're solving like four or five problems and it really just starts from a simple thing, which is just trying to like actually take stock what you're doing. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I absolutely, I recommend that clients that they do 
little videos, like screen shares of things that they constantly do, like invoicing or these little tasks that they do. And, and, and this way too, if they're scared of technology, they can always bring someone on to help them. And then they have those videos that they can pass on those screen shares of, Hey, this is what I've been doing manually. Can you automate this for me? So it, it helps a lot to, to do that. And, and um, like Taylor was saying too, if you bring on, when you're bringing on team members as your business is growing, then you have those, um, those for training, for bringing them on as well. But it also helps too, if you're scared of the technology, because I know sometimes that stops people from doing automation because they're just, they're not sure about how, if they can set it up or not. And I, I got to ask Monique, do you agree with Rhonda about the need for people to do videos? Really? <laughs> <laughs> I know we're going to have an argument now. <laughs> oh, most definitely. I mean, of, yes, of course. And especially in the times that we're living in right now, um, the things that I swear I've been preaching from the, the, the mountaintop is finally coming. People are finally open and receptive and are grasping it. And in my honest opinion, like if you are not tackling the medium of video, you will get left behind more so than anything else right now. I mean, and the statistics show it. Uh, this is something where um, I've been able to look up. Uh, there's this report that Hootsuite does on a, a monthly basis where traffic is up. People are on their, on their mobile devices. People are looking for new content from all the different platforms. And video is the way to, to get people to stop that thumb scrolling because that is the world that we live in. I mean, I know this is me dating myself here. I'm a millennial on the older side, but I kid you not, when I get to senior citizen age, like there's going to be an epidemic of arthritis in our thumbs because of the amount of thumb scrolling that we do on a daily basis. And the only way, in my honest opinion, to get people to actually stop for a second is some sort of moving picture. And so um, as a business owner, especially if you're offline um, physical location, start looking towards using video as your transition into the digital age if you haven't done so already. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't worry really about well. I I just looked at um, not long ago, one of my highest performing videos on YouTube that I just put up for a client, actually, um, for their people so they could join a Hangout. But how to join a Google Hangout. That's like my highest rated video. And I didn't do anything to even try to get it high rated. It just was. And then it kind of skyrocketed a little more after everybody started working from home a little more in these these uh, last few months. But yeah, the highest performing video, how to join a Google Hangout, which to me seems like the simplest thing in the world. <laughs> Right. Or a Zoom. How to join a Zoom room. I'm like, yeah, really? That's the next I Zoom for so that many years. So well. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, we need some of you guys to make one about how do you do a Zoho meeting. So let's hey this is great we're coming up on the top of the hour and i mean i almost hate to break this up there's a lot of great discussion going on a lot of great tips but before we close it out i did want to we have a, a bit of an ask so here we go uh do this and and uh, i want to do this one there we go all right so uh we couldn't possibly uh talk about every question and every answer and and all that because uh it was just a lot of stuff that we were able to to capture um but we do have a way for you to get it 
and it just takes a few minutes. What we would love for you to do is to go to bizsugar.com, become a member. It's very easy to just go to the site and, and sign up to be a member. And also what we would love for you to do is to uh, take the survey. We, we took this survey before uh, the pandemic hit. And what we were, were just curious about is how has the pandemic changed the, you know, people's perceptions and people's answers? And so we would love for you to not only become a member, but also to take the survey for us, you know, the exact same survey. It'll only take a couple of minutes, but it'll give us a lot more in, uh, information as to, you know, what you guys are, are facing, what you guys are feeling and, and how it's changed because of the pandemic. So if you could do that for us, we will be very glad to give you the results of this current survey very easy PDF that we can give it to you. So that's that's all. Join bizsugar.com, take the survey for us and uh, become a part of the member uh, of the community because it's a very active community. I, I, I said on the slide we had 18,000 uh, plus. I'm sure that's already moved up. <laughs> yeah, maybe you've already joined. So maybe it's moved up by a couple since then. But uh, Anita, do you have any uh, parting words uh, before we close it out? Oh, we'd just love to have you at uh, BizSugar and, uh, you know, uh, join the mastermind so you can participate in the community. Uh, or you can just share your content in the sharing section of BizSugar, which has been around for a long time. But, uh, you know, do join us. Uh, take the survey so you can get the results. We'd love to have you. Uh, and, uh, you know, connect with also the people on this uh, session today. Our advisory board members have been terrific. They're wonderful ambassadors for the community. They can tell you a lot. And they also know a lot about the Zoho products that we've built different parts of the community on. Everything from Zoho sites. Uh, we use Zoho uh, Connect, we said, Zoho Forms, Zoho Surveys. I mean, there's just a lot that is, is there. Zoho Creator. Uh, and in my business, we run on Zoho One. It's it's absolutely fantastic. But do be part of it. Uh, Taylor, just uh, any party thoughts from you? Um, not really. I mean, the the only thing I was going to just say was uh, just to remind, just as a callback to something I mentioned earlier that we at Zoho just released a new product called Big In, which is a you know really simple, really cool CRM for small businesses aimed at trying to help you move from spreadsheets to a more um, structured way of, of managing customer relationships. So check that out if, uh, if that sounds interesting to you. Great. That does sound interesting. So I hope people check it out. <laughs> and hey, this has been a lot of fun. Maybe we should try doing this again. We've got a lot of data. We can share it all. You know, I'm sure uh, even we'll find another reason why we're de you know delusional or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> so with all that said, uh, thank everybody for joining uh, us. And we do hope to see you at bizsugar.com. Thanks and have a great rest of the day. Thank you all.